0: Thanks for joining us this morning. Last week, Andrew kind of initiated the first question as we walk through this series called The Way Forward. There's three of them. We're asking these questions because we think these three questions are the way forward for White River to continue connecting lives to Jesus into the future. And so this morning, uh, I want to take you back to the verse where we're kind of founding all of this. Jesus says this, Come, follow me. That's the belong piece. That's the question we asked last week. Where do you belong? Come follow me, and I will make you. That's the become peace. Fishers of men. Matthew 4, 19. Jesus promises us in that verse that he will make us like him. And so the question we're gonna be asking, pondering, and answering this morning is Who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? Before we jump in, let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much that we get to speak your name. Not only speak it, but to sing it this morning. To be able to claim the victory that you break down walls, that you uh, took us up out of the pit. Thank you for that, Jesus. We pray right now that uh, you would just speak to us through your word. Thanks uh, for calling two disciples in the beginning telling them, come, follow me, belong to me, and I'll make you, and that you are gonna help them become something greater. Would you do that for us this morning? We love you, Jesus. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen. My elementary years were the height of the Michael Jordan era, okay? I was ni- 1992, I was nine years old, and everybody wanted to be like Mike. I don't know if you remember this commercial or not, Uh, But there was a little jingle that went with it, and it opened up uh, with Michael Jordan literally hanging in the air, what seemed like forever, doing a reverse layup over Larry Drew from the Lakers. Uh, And then the the jingle starts, you know, and be like Mike, you know, like, and that that, that was me, right? Nine years old, I drank the juice. Like, I wanted to be like Mike. Um, Everything about it. There were three things that this commercial said you had to do to be like Mike. At least... To my nine-year-old mind, three things were said, okay? First, you had to wear Jordans. Were there any other basketball shoes at the time? I don't know. I didn't care, okay? Like legitimately, I just wanted some Michael Jordan shoes on my feet because I wanted to be like Mike. Now, I can tell you, I looked, I confirmed this past week, I can tell you what grade of school I was in based off of what Jordans were released, That's how obsessed I was with them, okay? Some of you in here are nodding your heads like, I could do that. Yeah, all right, thank you for not leaving me hanging here, right? I was obsessed with them. Now, my parents didn't let me have every pair of Jordans. I don't know why, but um, I loved them, okay? So that was the first thing. You had to wear the the Jordans. The second thing was that you had to perfect shooting a jump shot with your tongue sticking out, right? I mean, the jump shot that I envision is the one going across the lane and, you know, like, I mean, I shot that shot, I don't know, 8,000 times in my driveway as a kid because I wanted to be Michael Jordan. Who am I kidding, right? We have a goal in our driveway. I still do it at almost 40, okay? Like, over my 12-year-old son, I'm like, boom! You just got busted by Michael Jordan the greatest of all time, right? If you want to dispute that, I'll be in the lobby afterwards. Anyways, that's the second thing. The third thing is that you had to drink Gatorade out of a glass bottle. Okay, like kids, prime's great, I get it. You have not drank a sports drink until you drink it out of a glass bottle. Lime green, it's gotta be lime green, okay? Like, you remember this, the pop, it was the cat, that thing popped off and you're like, oh, it's about to go down, right? Like, I got my Jordans on, I'm drinking Gatorade, I'm gonna be like Mike today. That was, my, that was me as a nine-year-old. A commercial, that was the first time I can tell you that I can remember being influenced to be something I was not, okay? it was not Michael Jordan. Let me just throw that out there. My son will tell you that. But it was something I wanted to be. And I think about those days of just being influenced by commercials. And today, not only do we have media, but we have social media, right? And of course we have all new vocabulary that comes with social media. Um, we all have heard the word influencers out there. I mean, come on, ladies. You don't even have to go to Target anymore. Okay, You can just find somebody who's about the same size, shape you are, whatever, and then you just watch them and they go to Target and try on clothes. And then they're like, yeah, you got to size up these jeans. And then they give you the link that you just click on and then you pick the size up jeans and have them shipped to your house. You don't even have to go. What is happening in our world, okay? Like we are influenced one way or the other to become something that maybe we're not. And so in that world, I ask the question, who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? What, what's influencing you on a regular basis? What do you wish you were, but you're not? Who are you becoming? Because Jesus, Matthew 4, tells a few disciples, I will show you how to become more like me. And that same invitation is for you and I today. So if you have your Bibles, open up with me to Colossians chapter 3. I don't say this enough, but I would love for you to have your own Bible with you. I would love for you to open it up. I would love for you to read along with us so you can see it, so you can make notes, so you can circle things like I do, highlight things. If you don't have a Bible, there's one right in front of you. And that pew back, you can take that. It's not stealing from the church. It's a gift to you. Take it. It's yours. Verse 3, chapter 1 right? Jesus influenced, gosh, Jesus influenced those first disciples. We just read it. He influenced the 12 disciples, and then he influenced a guy named Saul, whom we know as Paul. And it's no surprise that that man who was influenced by Jesus wrote to us and taught us how to be influenced by Jesus as well. Verse 3 says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ. I'm not even going to read the rest of the verse, because we have got to pause for a second, okay? I'm going to we're going back to the 90s all morning, so we're calling a Zach Morris timeout. We're gonna set the sermon over here, okay? We gotta pause for a second because he is writing to people whom he knows have been raised to new life in Christ. In a room this size, it's not lost on me that some of you might not have already been raised to new life in Christ. Some of you don't claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have not yet done that. And that is completely okay, thanks for being here. But, but the truth is, is that when we talk about these three questions that we're presenting, um, sometimes we've gotten the answer or question like, but where is belief in this? Well, belief spans the entire scope of this thing, okay? But what I would say this morning is this is exactly where, if you want to put it on the map, this is where, where, where it lands. The beginning of belonging is belief. If you want to belong to Jesus, you got to believe in Jesus. And so this morning, uh, we're told this from scripture uh, that in order for us to do this, Romans 10, 9 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Now, what I, want to, I want you to notice what's not in that verse. Okay? I spent 17 years in ministry. Here's the number one thing I hear when I ask people if they want to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior. I need to get a few things fixed in my life first. I need to correct a few, I need to do some more good because I've done a lot of bad, I'm sorry. But in Romans 10, it doesn't say, if you get all your stuff together, then openly declare that Jesus is Lord. That ain't in there. If you make sure you do a lot of good to cover up, that's not in there. I think the temptation for us who don't know Jesus, and this was me at 16 years old is, I've done a whole lot of bad stuff. You don't know who I am. Jesus does. Right? Jesus does. He already paid for that. Here's, here's the, You can't become like Jesus without Jesus. It's not possible. Right? It's, it's got to be in and through and founded and built upon him. So here's the thing. If you got it all together, you don't need Jesus. Your sin is what qualifies you for a savior. So if you're sinful, you're like, oh, I got. I don't know if you know. I, I mean, I got. I, I don't. I've got some language on me. I, I don't know if you know. Like, I struggle with gossip. I struggle with pornography. I struggle with lying. I struggle with does not matter. Jesus says, come. Bring all that. Because you know what? He's not just an add-on to your life. He is your life when you accept him as your Lord and Savior. He takes upon your sin. He is the one who will make you become more like him. Your sin is what qualifies you for a Savior. Time in. Nope. Continue time out. Listen, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, stop playing games and let's just do it. We can do that this morning. You can believe it in your heart and you can openly confess it. And if you want to do that after service, you see a little cutout right back here. I'm going straight back there after I get done preaching. We're going to sing another song. Come back there. I'll pray with you. We'll do it today. You can be secure that today you're going to start becoming like Jesus because the first step is belief in him. Belief in him. All right, now time it. The beginning of belief, excuse me, becoming is belief. Jesus says it. Jesus told the disciples it. And this morning, I've had the great opportunity. So, I mean, 17 years of ministry, I've had the opportunity to watch a lot of people come to this point of belief. And I've watched their lives be transformed. And it is the same is true with Neely's life. God blessed me with being able to see her begin coming to this church. Uh, uh, blessed me to watch her come to faith. Blessed me to stand on the beach and watch her be baptized. And it has blessed me to watch her become more like Jesus. Check this out.
1: I had no association with church or anything uh, prior to 2020. My boyfriend Mac brought me here in 2020. He brought me here because he really wanted me to grow my faith. It changed me. During that time, my sister was going through some struggles of her own, and it was really a dark time, not only for me, but my family. During that year, I went to small group. That's where I met a lot of the girls that I know now. And my small group leader was like, hey, I really want you to go to move. We went to Holland, Michigan. As exciting as it was, that's when I really felt a lot of that darkness coming at me. I really felt like the devil was really trying to pull me away. During that week, I was so scared. I was super anxious. I almost didn't get baptized because of it. And I just felt all that just heaviness on me. I got baptized in Lake Michigan, and it was one of the coolest experiences. We had something called Kingdom Worker Cards. I got the one that was post an inspiring post on social media for a year. And at first I just posted motivational quotes that I found on Pinterest. And then I started a post about Bible verses and just God and Jesus. And I had people messaging me how they loved my little post that I did every day and how it inspired them. When you walk with Jesus, it's not supposed to be always super comfortable, there's gonna be times where you're putting uncomfortable situations and I feel like in a way he was kind of testing me like, hey, I want you to do this to bring others closer to me. It's not something you're comfortable with but I want you to do it. I knew when I got baptized that wasn't just a solution to my problems, it was I now have him and I'm walking with him now and my goal is to bring people closer to Him because I want them to feel how I feel right now, which is just this joyful and happiness and excitement going into each day. I caused a lot of trouble, especially my parents. I I frightened them a, quite a bit when I was a kid with some of the decisions that I made. And I wish I could just tell myself back then that, hey, you're gonna become a great person, just just you wait. Because back then I, I didn't feel that way. I always felt like I wasn't good enough. As they say in the Bible, you're gonna have troubles and he knows that. So he wants to be there for those troubles and he wants us to help others with their troubles because he wants us to be better Christians. And I feel like that's the big part that I've learned is not to always judge people. I used to do that a lot. And I now know I'm like, well, you don't know what they're going through. So even one word, one sentence, just anything can really change somebody's perspective. Now I feel like I'm definitely a stronger and better version of who I used to be. And definitely I'm trying to become more of a woman of Christ and just trying to continue to work through him and trying to just make myself a better person every day.
0: That's right, amen the night night before, lights leading up to when she was baptized. And kept saying, I don't know if I can overcome the darkness. I'm like, girl, you can't. But Jesus is a light and he can. You cannot become like Jesus without Jesus. Right, you've got to have him as a part of it. And I love it because she told me the other day, and she wouldn't say this, but she said that that card, the kingdom worker card said to post uh, once a day to the end of the year. She read it wrong. She said she read it like post once a day for a year. And so she's just posting once a day for a year. Why? Because she's allowing God to influence her. She's allowing Jesus to influence her. And then she's, it's just an overflow of that influence. That's what we're called to do. That's what those of us who claim Jesus as our Lord and Savior are called to do. To Neely, to those of us in the room who love Jesus and know him as our Savior. This is what Paul writes. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden in Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you, Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and its wicked deeds. Put your new... Nature, Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to become like your creator. There's three things to become the goat. Michael Jordan, if there's three things for that, Paul lines out three things for us to become the greatest of all time when it comes to righteousness, and that is Jesus. The first is this, to set your your minds on things of heaven. Stop setting your minds on the things of this world. Neely, she said it, that this world's gonna have trouble. We're promised that. Right? Just because you belong to Jesus doesn't mean everything's gonna be peaches and cream. It's not it's not true. It's gonna be hard, it's gonna be difficult. But the thing is, is if you focus on those things, then yeah, it's gonna be pretty miserable. Right? My daughter, she's so I love my daughter, but she she is very much about things being fair. I'm so over, that's not fair. In fact, I found out, I found an answer to that question or that comment. Well, daddy, that's not fair. Life's not fair, honey. Right? In fact, we've gone through three stages of this where we would do that. That was the first stage. The second stage is where I didn't even talk. She'd be like, daddy, life's not, I know life's not fair. You know, like I didn't have to say anything. Now she just doesn't even say it any longer. It worked, right? Like, like something happens and she's ready to say it. She just looks at me and I'm like, mm-hmm, go ahead, girl. You know? It's not fair. It's not supposed to be fair. Why? Because this isn't where you belong. This isn't your home. You're supposed to keep your eyes on set on things of heaven. A pastor, a well-known pastor, says, stop navel-gazing. Oh, it was me. Nothing's going my way. Stop staring at your navel and get your eyes up. You belong to Jesus. You're going to heaven. There's nothing that can happen in this world that is going to hold you back from that. Don't let the idiotic things that happen in this world steal your joy that you get to go to heaven. Set your mind, your eyes, your person on the things of heaven, not on the things of this earth. Paul says, put to death the sinful earthly things. Right, Verse one, since you have been raised to new life, this new life, it doesn't include those things, does it? Yes, because you and I are sinful and we drag those things with us like luggage, right? But the truth is we're called to work at putting those things to death. And that's kind of intense. You can put something to death, man. If I said that about your dog, you'd be probably a little offended, right? I'm saying that about your sinfulness, put it to death. It's not worth it any longer. Separate yourself from that. What? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, idolatry, anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language, lying. Now, here's what I fear. I just shared that list with you and I, I struggled. I prayed over that. I, I almost didn't share it with you because to me, uh, that, that's a list. And a list for me means i got to check things off. A list causes me to do this. I'm going to roll my sleeves up. Jesus, you stay right here. I'm going to go handle my anger. <laughs> Good luck, right? Let's see how that works out for you. You know what I'm going to believe right here? I'm going to go handle my lusts. <laughs> yeah. That ain't going to work out well. Right? I, I don't want... This is, this is not... Our faith isn't behavior modification. These things will only be put to death as you fall more and more in love with Jesus and allow him to influence your life. Who is going to teach you how to? Jesus is going to teach you how to. You can't teach yourself how to do these things. The word of God, prayer, community, like those are the things that are going to allow you to, to overcome these kind of things. I know that because I know it from experience. This is gonna happen just in your own strength. You can be the strongest person in this room, it isn't gonna happen. You cannot become like Jesus without Jesus. Set your eyes on heaven. Put to death the things of your old life and put on your new nature. This this isn't, listen, this is not a one-time thing. I love this. Paul chooses his words specifically. Put on your new nature and be renewed. If you have your Bible, circle that five times. Put on your new nature and be renewed. That's not like, oh, I got renewed once and I'm all good. July uh, 2nd, 1999, I got renewed and I've been great ever since. No, no, no. That's like every single day. That's like every single hour if you're as bad as the preacher is today, every single five minutes. Being renewed and putting on your new nature means coming to God and saying, listen, I just fell into it again. Here it is. Forgive me and help me figure out how to not do it again. That, that's, that's what forgiveness and repentance are. And you know what? Jesus doesn't look it down and on the way I look at my kids like, are you kidding me again? You can't get this Right. He looks down at you and says, I, I got it. I'll teach you how. I got it. I'll teach you how. I got it. Let's do this. But the thing is, is that you and I got to show up. You, you and I got to want that. My fear is that, that we come in here and we, we do church and we go live our lives for the week and we come back and we do Church. This is one hour. I'm not good at math. So how many ever hours are in a week? It ain't gonna cut it. The other problem is, is you got this guy being the mediator between you and God. That ain't gonna cut it. You've got to open this up. This isn't the goal. Jesus is the goal, but this is the way to it. This is what he gave us so that we could learn, so that he could say, let me show you. Put on your new nature. And I love this last part. I love the way you put this. As you learn to know your creator and become like him. You you want to know what you and I are called to be? We're called to be lifelong learners of our creator. Lifelong learners. You never arrive. You never finish. You never retire. And you're definitely never good enough. Not with that sinfulness on you. Not until we see Jesus, right, face to face. So we're renewed every single day. It's a a restart. It's why we're told his mercies are new every day because we need him every day. This is what Jesus had in mind when he came to Andrew and Peter and said, come, follow me, and I'll show you. Peter and Andrew were like, Okay, Jesus, yep, we'll wrap up fishing here and then we'll catch up with you. Okay, Jesus, yep, uh, we'll spend 10 minutes with you every morning, but we got to get back to the nets. This wasn't like, oh, Jesus, we're, we're too busy. You know what, I love you high school kids. I see some of you in here. Sometimes this was, I had to really, really show mercy. I, I have no ability to show mercy. I'm just going to throw that out there, okay? Like I take a spiritual gifts test, mercy is like a two- like a two out of like a hundred, okay? Like you ask my wife, I am not a merciful person. Empathetic, yes. Merciful, I'm not. Like I can empathize with you a little bit and that, that lasts only a little bit because of my mercy suffering issue right over here. But anyways, I'm not a merciful person. So when high school kids are like, ah, I, don't, I really want to read the Bible, but I'm just so busy. <laughs> you are not busy. That's so cute. That's what I want to do. Right? Like, come here, let me smack you real quick. You ain't busy right? You got all the time in the world. You ain't been busy. Wait till you have kids. They don't go away. not busy. I can't go pee in the bathroom without a kid asking me what I'm doing. Right? Busy. But then what do we do as adults? I don't know, God. I'm a preacher. I got a lot of preacher stuff to do today. Preacher stuff. This is where you belong. You've got, to, you've got to choose to put yourself in a place where you can be influenced and become like Jesus. It's, that's your choice. Jesus wants you there. He's waiting for you there, but you've got to decide to do that every single day. I'll close with this. I got to have lunch two weeks ago with a pastor. I pastored my grandparents for years. He not only knew my grandparents longer, but probably knew them better than I did. And my grandfather, they had attended a church in our hometown and they had left that church. I knew that, that was before I was born. And they came to this church and the pastor said, I know you've attended church a long time, but I want you to go through our believers class. And so my grandfather did. The pastor said about the third weekend, he came busting out of that room with the joy and excitement in his eyes and tears rolling down his cheeks. And he said, Pastor, I didn't know we were supposed to love Jesus. I didn't know, we nobody's ever told me we were supposed to love Jesus. Pastor said, so do you? Yes, right? And then he said, and I'll never forget this. He said, your grandfather was one of those men in the church that there was no doubt he loved Jesus. And I want to be like that. But the reason was because my grandfather went from, hey, this is just a Sunday morning behavior modification thing to becoming like Jesus, to being influenced by him every single day, to having the joy in his heart because his eyes were set on the things of heaven because he was putting to death with Jesus' power the things of this earth in him, and because he was being renewed every single day. And so I ask you, who are you becoming? I think you know the answer is from this side of things. The question is, how would you answer? Let's pray. Jesus, we, we desperately want to become like you. But we are so enticed by this world. <laughs> Jesus, there's March Madness coming. But Jesus, we've got a busy we. But Jesus, we lost an hour of sleep last night. But Jesus, no. Would you just forgive us for the excuses and draw us to yourself? Would you not let us get to lunch without having a terrible day so that you will remind us that it's not about us and our strength and us doing things right in our own day, but it's about meeting and being influenced to become more like you by you. Jesus, we love you. We're thankful for that invitation to come and follow you so that you can make us like you. And I pray that this week we would become more like you than we have in the past. That we'd be renewed day by day through your Holy Spirit and for your glory. Jesus, we love you. We pray these things in your powerful and precious name. Amen.